0: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Nevermind The Bar Charts with myself, Mark Pack, and my colleague... Stephen Tool. Uh, As we have now hopefully managed to crack the microphone business by me being sat on the other side of the room, hopefully it is the booming Stephen Tool that everyone is hearing. Um, Now I was looking over the weekend, Stephen, at how many people have listened to our show... And our most popular episode so far was the one about the launch of the Independent Group with near on 900 listens. Okay. Uh, Notice I say listens, not listeners, because that's you once, me 888 times, and our one real listener once. (laughs) Um, But it therefore seems a good place to start with the fuss uh, that there was uh, about a week ago with the revelation in the mail of a memo from someone at Change UK uh, setting out plans essentially to crush the Liberal Democrats. Yeah,
1: it's very welcoming of them. Um, I mean, as you remember, I was, I was uh, a semi enthusiast when um, the independent group, as they then were, Change UK, the independent group, slashed the Remain Alliance, as they now are. Who knows what it will be this time tomorrow? Given
0: the Liberal Democrat history with party names, when there
1: was well, the Liberal SDP yeah, merger, yeah. I'm not yeah. sure we should mock yes. that alphabet sp- uh, spaghetti soup, wasn't it? Um, so, I mean, I was I started off as an enthusiast. Um, I think the last few weeks has shown. Uh, that it's also right to be uh, sceptical of uh, new parties when they form as well to see uh, if they can sustain the initial enthusiasm. And I guess what the memo showed is that they feel that the marketplace uh, that they're in is too crowded and the way in which they will survive and thrive is by elbowing the Lib Dems out of the picture. Now, I, I... question the strategy behind this because I think there is uh, still a chance that Change UK, if we're going to call them that now, uh, you know, have a good chance to add to the air war in a way that the Lib Dems won't necessarily mm-hmm. get cut through. They still have that sense of novelty about them that will get broadcasters interested. What they don't have, of course, is any kind of infrastructure. And that's uh, what the Liberal Democrats do, you know, 100,000 or so members, uh, thousands of councillors, network of deliverers and activists around the country. And it feels to me like, uh, just from Change UK's point of view, they're missing a trick here by being quite so aggressive uh, to rule out any kind of joint working with the Liberal Democrats.
0: And in particular, because the memo was quite direct in terms of talking about doing things like trying to Poach Liberal Democrat donors, mm. approaching yeah. the biggest Liberal Democrat donors directly, trying to do things like get Liberal Democrat prospective parliamentary candidates to switch parties, etc. And I think, as as you say. One of the two things that really struck me about that memo was this was this wasn't just, a, well, we'll sort of get along, but you know, have a little bit of sharp elbows. This was very much a, we want to come in and crush you type yeah. approach. And we don't necessarily know whether the memo was
1: kind of an official memo. It could have been written by any one of the true. Uh, Although UK I think members.
0: what is worth bearing in mind is that the quote that uh, the official Change UK unnamed spokesperson gave the media who were running follow-up stories about the memo wasn't to say that the memo was untrue, and it wasn't to say that the memo was an idea that had been rejected. It it was all of those usual opportunities that you have to walk away from an Mm -hmm. unnamed memo, uh, Change UK didn't take. And, of course,
1: it feeds into the whole uh, slightly chaotic um, launch that they've had, um, Mm. not least the difficulties around the name. You know, their one policy is to remain, but their name is Change um, which seems a slightly uh, odd thing. The launch wasn't necessarily well-timed. They've had initial problems with some of their candidates having to withdraw from the European elections because they've been found to have inflammatory social
0: media comments in their past. So it's, it's all just kind mm. of fed into and a
1: sense that the party's not quite clicking
0: yet. And, and some of their, their sort of candidates' views, I think, will continue to be controversial. Yeah. It's not just that they had two uh, mistakes, as it were, that slipped through their, their vetting net, in particular in London, the one of their candidates, uh, the former Polish politician, uh, who, who previously had views that I think it would be fair to describe as homophobic, certainly very mm-hmm. anti-same-sex marriage. Um, and, and, and I did notice an interview he gave with, I think it was Business Insider, a couple of days ago, where rather amusingly he said, well, I'm a Conservative, and Conservatives change their mind as part of it. Explanation mm-hmm. as to why he no longer had those views. I'm not quite sure that's the normal <laughs> definition of Conservative. but uh, <laughs> The other thing, though, that struck me about... The, the Change UK memo was the things they said they were setting out to do, and the memo seems to be from a little bit in the past, given that it refers to not merely the previous name, but the previous to the previous name of the party, <laughs> um, is that they haven't managed. Um, you know It also sets out a plan that, that hasn't been successful in its execution, which is, as you say, I think, Stephen, adds to this picture of I think a lot of people in the Lib Dems were sort of hoping that in some way Change UK would be successful to help shape up British politics. Mm -hmm. And I think the odds are looking a bit more like now it will be a a damp squib and end up being a footnote in history books. Lots of possibilities for that still to turn out to be completely wrong. If, for example, they pick up several big name defections and maybe if they were to pick up several big name defections just before European election polling day, you know, you can Mm -hmm. see still a path to which they reshape politics but that path now i think is looking a lot less I think likely
1: i think that's a, a shame for those of us who <coughs> are, we're not centrist but we're certainly not the extremes of uh, is this the, the royal we are you trying to encompass me well, in I, am, I mean <laughs> you know we, we are a party that is between the extremes of uh, Theresa may's uh, conservatives and jeremy corbyn's uh, labor party that's for sure though we wouldn't probably self-define as centrists but if you look at where the momentum could come from uh I mean, I do feel it's a shame that Change mm. UK is sort of uh, getting themselves into uh, a corner where it's hard to imagine those big name defections happening, uh, either from Labour mm. or Conservatives. Uh, this may look stupid in six months' time, but you know, when they've got a, a, a whole host of defectors it's like, it's on their side... It's OK, it's easy to delete stuff from the internet and leave no record <laughs> yeah, of previous there. Uh, <laughs> but at the moment it seems unlikely, and if the European elections, <laughs> as currently <laughs> seems likely, are a bit of a damp squib for them. Then, I mean, what would have transformed this election, of course, is if Tony Blair had been their big name um, European election candidate. I mean, if there is one person who could even knock Nigel Farage off the front pages, it would be Tony Blair. But the fact they couldn't, and the fact that that does seem laughable as an idea... Is I um, think in um, itself yeah. a bit telling because
0: think, yeah, it would have been one of those cases of definitely putting to the test the idea that there's no such thing as bad publicity. I don't know. I, I think
1: I, I think if you put him in the uh, southeast uh, region, it would have been quite likely that. Tony Blair would have been quite Mm. near the top of the poll, Mm. I I think. But it's the kind of thing that would be a game changer. And that's what they're missing out on, I Mm. think. And I think that's a shame because it does uh, preclude that opportunity, at least, for the current state of politics to be shaken up a bit.
0: And and in a way, I, I think the risk for them now is they end up being seen by unhappy Labour and Tory MPs and councillors and activists and so on. A bit like actually the Liberal Democrats have been perceived as in one of the reasons the Liberal Democrats have picked up quite a lot of switchers from other parties at the local council level but not a sort of, for example, MP mm. level, is that the, the the national level people have often looked at the Lib Dems and thought you're just not being successful enough for yeah. you to be the party I want to switch to. Hence the yeah. fact that people then, for example, form the independent group rather than joining the Lib Dems. Of course, the problem now for Change UK is with them being stuck in a. A, in, in the sort of the, the small niche that they appear to be at the moment is that that greatly reduces the odds of that sort of game-changing set yeah. of further further switches to them. Yeah. Was and there any chance of there having
1: been, there's been lo- lots of controversy over the last week about there should have been a Remain alliance, mm. a proper Remain mm. alliance between Liberal Democrats and Change UK and Greens and mm. SNP and uh, anyone else I've missed out, um, who are uh, pro-EU mm. and pro-stopping Brexit? Now, I mean, there are all sorts of practical problems, as I understand it, with yeah. that, in terms of the Electoral Commission and needing to get a list of names mm. together in double-quick mm. time. So was it ever likely that it could have been realistic, even if the will had been there on both sides, which
0: it certainly wasn't on Change UK's side and was a bit tentative probably on the Liberal Democrat yeah. side in reality? I think if, if, let's say, the Article 50 process had been such that we'd always known these Euros were to take place and therefore mm-hmm. people were having, you know, beginning to have these sorts of conversations several months earlier, I can certainly see a route by which you would do it. So the, the route by which I would have advised people to do it is that you create a new party that is quite deliberately just a holding the rem- operation. The Remain party. Yeah, the Remain party. And you have, you know, of the registered officers that you have to register with the Electoral Commission, mm-hmm. you have one Green, one Lib Dem, one mm-hmm. independent group person, um, you probably have nominally as your leader somebody who is without a party political background, ideally, if you can find somebody, but mm-hmm. otherwise, you pick somebody who's not a front front rank politician or candidate, so it's clearly just a holding operation, and you agree candidate list selection so that that party puts puts forward lists that appear on the ballot paper and those lists happen to be mixes of Remain, Green, Lib Dem, etc. The bit that would be really tricky with that, I think, is A, you need a little bit of time to get all the paperwork and admin right, and time was... Yeah, big factor, and the other is how do you actually agree who gets to be top in which yeah, region? Yeah. And obviously, yeah. the, the history of Liberal and SDP well, yes, uh, right. is that those sort of seat yeah. negotiations are very painful. The, the The most collaboration that there has been you know, between, say, Greens and Liberal Democrats, you know, you, you see what a few sort of local election pacts. You mm-hmm. see a bit of it at general election. What's been notable in those cases has been that. Firstly, it's not a complicated, you've got to get all the pieces in the jigsaw together type pattern. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you look in uh, Leila Moran's constituency of Western Abingdon, uh, the Greens were very supportive of her at the last general election. The Lib Dems are not going sort of flat out uh, in every ward at these local elections, and therefore they're scoped there to have a little bit of a quid pro quo. But it's a lot easier to do it because you're only talking about... A, you know, a handful of elections yeah, yeah. rather than trying to come up with some complex arrangement for every election across all of Oxfordshire mm. and all of Oxford. That would be much, much harder. Um, so I think it would have been possible, but I don't think even if there had been the time, there would have been enough s- political momentum or yeah. pressure to overcome those logistics. Because it does seem those logistics like, were kind of just hand-waved away by lots of the pundits mm. over the last
1: week as though you could just add up the Change UK, the Lib Dem, the Green, the SNP figures, and somehow that block of you, voters would stay Are you stay suggesting there's a batch of political pundits
0: who aren't greater at the details <laughs> and the mechanics of, of well, how it, politics?
1: You know, I, mean, I can understand the frustration of people seeing Nigel Farage's Brexit <laughs> party surging in the polls, going, why can't we have a Remain equivalent? Yeah. But it's, it's a lot easier for them because they only want Brexit. That is the only policy that they really oh, yeah, care about. Exactly. And they don't care about a life um, beyond that, mm. whereas that is not true of any of the Remain parties who are inevitably fighting for the Britain they want to see, which
0: includes Remain, but is not defined mm. by Remain. And a, a good example of that is Chuck Romano's recent, um, technically not a manifesto, but one could consider it a sort of pre-manifesto policy document where I would say maybe two thirds of the policies in there are Liberal Democrat policies. A, a small smattering are interesting developments or twists on Liberal Democrat policies. And then there are a couple of standout things which probably most Liberal Democrats would look at and rather blanch at, in particular mm. his somewhat uh, illiberal plan for forcing, uh, forcing all teenagers to do a civilian version of national service, rather than introducing a scheme that people can opt into, he wants to introduce a mandatory scheme across the country. You can imagine the sort of debate, there might be a Lib Dem conference over yeah. that, but what did strike me looking at that was that... Compulsory it, scouting. It, it was Exactly, compulsory scouting, uh, and girl guiding. And girl okay. sorry, quite right. Um. Now now, we're going to have to wrap this up fairly soon. It's going to be a shorter episode than usual, but I guess the big political event that will probably happen—well, that will happen and will probably be the big event between this uh, episode and the next—are the local elections that are coming up. The and the outlook for the Liberal Democrats seems pretty promising if mm-hmm. you look at the the predictions both uh, uh, the and Rawlings have made and Robert Hayward. We're
1: normally a bit on the chipper side for the Lib Dems, yeah.
0: and Make our expectations management
1: game quite hard yeah. because and they then, set these massive you know, Liberal Democrats will get all these hundreds of extra seats and
0: then uh, uh, suddenly it turns out that they haven't got any. And Robert Hayward, Conservative peer, but also a very, very good uh, local election uh, predictor and explainer. So, you know, one might want to take the views of a Conservative about the fifth. Uh, fortunes of other parties with a slight pinch of salt but to be fair to Robert his mm-hmm. track record GMT. is is extremely good and he's he's frequently been better at predicting Lib Dem performance than me so <laughs> <laughs> I at least don't apply very much salt to his predictions and um, he he actually his figures are even more positive than Thrasher okay. and Rawlings okay. but I think the interesting thing in both cases that they're predicting several hundred Lib Dem mm-hmm. gains and also quite possibly the Liberal Democrats gaining more seats than Labour. Yeah. Which, which potentially would give the Liberal Democrats a very strong range of, of headlines going into the European elections and therefore strengthening the party's claim because to be the Remain party. Indeed, because that has been one of the problems, I mean, it's a problem Change UK do not
1: seem to have got to grips with yet, of when you are perceived as a minor party, exactly. how do you get news coverage? Um, and uh, that's been a problem, you know, the Lib Dems European launch was... Uh, it was kind of about 25 minutes into the BBC
0: mm. News. Uh, I think you tweeted the other day mm. that you hadn't seen it on Sky News at all. So yeah. it's that how to so get So just we hadn't it. seen it on Sky News online. I think they did ah, cover it on the TV. Okay. But looking through the Sky News website and the Sky News Twitter feed, yeah. couldn't, couldn't find. Yeah, so it's this issue of how you get cut through. So
1: I'm not, you're right that hopefully, from a Lib Dem point mm. of view, this Thursday provides some kind of fillip
0: for that. And of course, no one will have mm. Change UK on the ballot papers that they're facing. Indeed, so... Will it? Won't it? Will we regret the comments we've just made about the Liberal Democrat (laughs) games after a disaster? Tune in next (laughs) week. Next time. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening. If you like this show, please do subscribe so you'll get future editions uh, appearing automatically in your favourite podcast app. And please do share it with any friends, colleagues, enemies, passing strangers who you might think would enjoy listening as well. Cheers. Goodbye. Bye.